G'day, I'm Chris Jordan. I'm the President and CEO of Superior Gold. And uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about today about our Q2 results and how we're looking forward in working ourselves towards um, the goals that we set out from our, our growth strategy and uh, look forward to the conversation. Chris, uh, Kissy, I uh, saw you back in uh, June. Uh, yeah, Q2, uh, you want to talk about it, we want to talk about it, and your shareholders definitely want to talk about it. Uh, really tough quarter, what went wrong? Yeah, so I, th I think I, I first want to talk about the things that went well, um, because we've been we're putting a lot of effort over a wide uh, spread of things insofar as uh, business performance. And the first one I want to call out is our safety performance, which which has improved markedly from the end of December last year. And we've seen a reduction of our, in our recordable injury frequency rate of 24% um, since December. So I'm very happy with that. And that also talks to the way that we manage our risks, et cetera. As far as operations are concerned, there were two major events in the second quarter that had a material impact on our performance. The first one being um, COVID and how that played out after the restrictions were lifted here in WA. Um, in fact, if we look over history um, since COVID um, came in, we, we typically ran between two and 5% of people being affected by COVID. And once again, that cuts not only our own people, but also talks to um, our service or impacts our service providers. That in fact increased in, in May leading into June to as high as 12 to 14% of people being affected. And, and, and that had a material impact on um, our rate of access and, and of progress on the open pit, as well as had it had a negative impact on the rate of development for the underground mine. So, so those were two things. Um, so, so, but Chris, got to stop you. I'm, I'm, sorry, COVID. I mean, is that still a thing? I mean, can't people function? I mean, it seems to be the world's like functioning normally and getting on with it with with, with yeah, COVID I, around. I, th I think there's there's probably two things there. The first thing is um, what we've realised with COVID is that it's definitely still around and it and it peaks and troughs. What we have seen over the last few few weeks is that it's dropped off quite markedly and it's being sustained at a level in our case below four and five percent um, so we're very happy with that on the one hand but you know it's it's it it sometimes impacts a specific area for instance we had a few weeks ago a situation where our open pit operators um, for some reason most of them were affected and we lost half our ship um, so, so that happens as well um, moving on into the future um, and given that it's dropping off now um, I think it's it's a very important thing to keep our eye on. Um, what we have seen is once we had that spike, you know, our expectation was, all right, we're going to get in here and we're going to, you know, get back on track really quickly. And that was not the case. And and what we see, and there's some phenomena being um, aired at the moment, whereby one has, uh, well, many people suffer from what they call long COVID. So the, the level of productivity from, from people immediately after having COVID um, seems to be lower than what the um, expectation was. And, and of course, um, you know, <laughs> the flu hit WA soon after that. But be that as it may, um, it's certainly something that impacts our operations from time to time. But certainly, we, we haven't seen that to the extent that, that it happened in, in May and June last but, year. But, but, but what, are, what are the rules, regulations, or, you know, from outside in terms of pressures and internally in terms of the way that you manage these things because again I, I come back to we're seeing a lot of people like going back to work and there's a kind of light touch to it so like if you if you don't feel too bad sure come in but take precautionary measures but 
Is it a, is it as onerous as a, it once was in, in WA there? Were you putting? Are you, is I, I it think the, it's it's very similar. Um, you know, it's it's not mandated not mandated anymore to wear a mask, but we we you know request people to do use masks on site. The one thing that we're absolutely adamant about is we want to keep the flu and COVID away from the operations because that, that, you know that, that's a key group of people that are in the business running the, um, the operations, and as soon as you have those people being affected, immediately have a, an impact on, on production rates. So what we try and do is, and, and <coughs> sorry, the message is very clear. Anyone that shows COVID-related signs or flu, stay at home. You just don't get on the plane. So we're very strict with that. I think to a large extent, we've, we've been able to um, keep the, the site relatively COVID-free. Um, the downside of that, of course, is that you know it's it's um, um, very easily a you know high number of people that gets affected um, and you know don't pitch for work. So it it is it still remains challenging at this stage. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I guess that it's it's a, it's a tough one because you know you say you're successful at sort of keep keep you know making sure people stay at home and make sure it doesn't spread, but it, it is spreading and it's affected your Q2 numbers. So. Um, maybe you're not alone alone in this one, but okay. Um, the other thing that you attribute um, the fall and the decrease um, in production to is water. Again, is this not a seasonal thing? Should you not have expected that? I think that's a very good point. I, I just want to make one more remark on COVID. You know, if we look at our rates of you know um, twelve to fourteen percent of people being affected. Um, anecdotally, I've heard evidence of other operations in, in the region, up to 30 and 40% of people being affected by COVID. So, wow. you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. It is something that has affected most of operate most operations. And, and the second thing I want to talk about, as you quite uh, rightly pointed out, is the, the high rainfall we had. And, and it's interesting, May, we had that rainfall event, which had a significant impact on our open pit operations. In fact, our um, airport was closed for more than two weeks. So we couldn't get people in, we couldn't get people off. Um, so typically and historically, May usually has about 15 millimeters of rain cumulative. We had in the space of a few days, 143 millimeters of rain. So the, the, the impact was just significant. And, and as, as our uh, general manager explained to me, it's because that area is so flat, the water doesn't flow away. It just sits there. So um, even, even, some, <coughs> sorry, even some of the cap roads were, were inaccessible. Um, so, so moving around was really difficult during that time. And, and, and as far as the open pit is concerned, um, what we had was in the early days of the open pit, our benches were not developed to its full depth or full width. And uh, we had some uh, uh, material um, running onto the edge of the uh, against the high wall of the of the benches, and and that also impacted our ability to enter there. Um, I'm happy to say now that the benches are established, and uh, you know even if we do have another rain event like that, um, with people on site, we will be able to um, work through that insofar as operations on the open pit. Oh, that's that, that's interesting, actually. So it's not just a case of uh, open pit filling with water. It's the like you can't land airplanes, you can't move machinery around. It, yes. Right. Okay. And how long did that? How long did that last? How long did that take you? Um, so, so the impact, as I said, the airport. We had to close the airport for um, 
I think it was just over two weeks. And the wow. reason for that, our, our airstrip is not capped. Um, so it's a gravel airstrip and uh, it needs to have a certain hardness before the planes are allowed to land. Um, so that, that kept us uh, from bringing in our, you know, our um, FICO um, aircraft. Right. Okay. So those are the things that you mentioned um, in the, the article that, that, that I read. But ultimately, this is about you. I know this is a turnaround story. You, you come in, your track record and the team they brought on. Is it, it's a tur turnaround team, tur turnaround story here. But the number that was um, we've talked about a lot in the past is you're aiming for 100,000 answers a year. You've just changed guidance um, mm -hmm. to and lowered it to uh, between 69 and 75,000 answers, and your costs have gone up. It, th this is this is becoming a, a you know a, a tough story to fall in love with. So we, you know, why why should people kind of stay the course with you? Yeah, I think that's a great question. So we certainly did a lot of introspection as to what we need to do um, to get back on track. Um, in essence, you know, I, I firmly still believe in the story. And, and in fact, I've, I've just purchased uh, two uh, watts of uh, stock. So um, from that perspective, I'm fully committed. Um, I think the key thing here is the impact of COVID and the water situation we had and the recovery out of that situation, all it did was to delay the time at which we will achieve that 100,000 or working towards that 100,000 ounce Per, um, per annum right. Uh, as as you, you'd remember, we wanted to achieve it in Q3 of this year. Um, that's not going to be possible. We're putting everything, um, you know, uh, behind uh, um, the wheel to try and uh, achieve <coughs> towards that in Q4. And there's a few things that we're doing there, right? So, so one of the things that was impacted was, of course, the average grade at which we uh, run the milling facility. So getting the underground back on track, increasing um, um, underground feed to the mill will ultimately then help increase the grade from the underground. Um, in, in addition to that, we've also um, increased our development rate. Um, we um, was in the beginning of August and it's now fully commissioned. We purchased a brand new jumbo um, that arrived and um, we already see an uptick, uptick in development um, from previous levels and we hope to ultimately increase it and surpass rates that we saw in the beginning of this year. Um, in addition to that, uh, two things that we have um, done really well and I think has, has turned the tide. We focused on two other things. Firstly, getting the open pit um, up and running at a stable level. And I think we, you know, reaching that is imminent. Um, we've done a lot of work over the last six weeks insofar as establishing the benches, getting them on the same level, and then ultimately going to that next flinch where we, we start getting to the higher grade um, in the open pit. And then the other thing that we've done, um, well, that, that's going to stand us in good stead leading into this 100,000 ounce per annum annualized rate is the mold throughput. And, and I'm very happy to say, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've done the shutdown in Q1. Um, we did the mill realign of all three mills in, uh, in May. And we immediately then started seeing the mill running much more consistently. And we've seen, um, you know, milling rate leading up to about 1.78, 1.79 million tons delivered at this stage. And we're hoping to push it even further. Um, so as far as the open pit's concerned, I think we're there very close to stabilizing operations there. The mill throughput has picked up. The only thing that we still need to solve, and we're working very hard at it together with the additional jumbo, or the new jumper that we purchased is to get um, the mining rate up on the underground. You would also remember I spoke earlier before, whereby we are replacing 
um, altogether all six pieces of mobile equipment, three trucks and three boggers um, with either new or reconditioned units. That will immediately see us improve the productivity of those units through better utilization and availability of those pieces of kit. So everything is aligned to ultimately achieve what, what, what we set out to do. And once again, what the way that we see this, it's all this has um, caused was a delay in us achieving what we wanted to achieve. So um, we hope then ultimately to see also increased, well, we're going to see increased production and then start seeing that cost, um, you know, um, coming back uh, to lower levels. Okay, two things. One, I think you better check with Matron. You get that cough checked out. Um, secondly, is <laughs> is um, obviously with the reduction in guidance for production and the increase. Like it's not, it's not just a little bit. You're up twenty seven percent, up to you know, in an increase four hundred ten bucks an ounce. Mm-hmm. I know you've got as of end of June just over eighteen million bucks Aussie, but. Isn't that going to impact your ability to do the things that you want to do? Are you going to go and have to raise capital to be able to get back up to this annualized run rate of 100,000? Right. Um, two things I want to say there. First is $18.2 million um, US. US, got you. Okay. Yeah. Good. And the second thing is if you look at our year to date cost, we had a 1800, about $1,830 pounds. Um, we're heading, we're going to increase the production. We know we're going to see a reduction in cost. And you know we'll be pulling our costs in line, and ultimately then move back into a position where we start generating some good cash. So once again, um, you know what we will need money for would be, of course, further expansions, um, and whether we generate through our own or, or finance it through our own uh, cash generation or external um, funding, um, that remains to be seen. And and the reason why I say remains to be seen, um, you would remember we released our mineral resource and reserve. Um, so quite a significant uptick on our reserve. We are now in the final stages of the first draft of our life of mine. And that will give us, you know, all the different options and, of course, show what the priorities are insofar as taking the operations forward and, and at a minimum stabilise the operations towards that 100,000 ounce per annum um, production rate. So um, I think it's, it's once again, as you quite rightly said, it's a turnaround story. We've, we've hit a curb. In the second quarter, you know, we're putting all our efforts in to get back on track. And once again, it's a delay of our plan rather than, you know, um, uh, uh, an issue whereby we won't be able to achieve it. Right. Okay. It is a turnaround story. And I know, it, and I said a lot to um, my guys is mining's tough. There's going to be bumps along the road. But it's a question of, you know, what, what, what does that kind of um, medium term journey look like? Is there, positive growth component to it. But nevertheless, you've got shareholders right now who are concerned because because of the history of this project, you've been brought in to turn this around. You've had a bump fairly early on in the process um, here, you know, for, you know, not, not the first time this company is, is kind of failing to hit guidance. With regards to remuneration, you say you're buying shares, which is great, but does something like this um, affect the way that you remunerate yourself and the team uh, with regards to um, you know d- delivering on whatever it is that you're remunerated on? Do you say, well, actually, I tell you, we'll share some of the pain here. We're not going to give ourselves bonuses this year. We'll wait till we kind of get back on track again. H- how do you view that? Well, I think the way that we set up our variable component of um, our remuneration 
is, is one that takes consideration of the good and the bad. Um, so needless to say, you know, if, if we don't achieve our targets, immediately it impacts on, on us individually um, as management and on the, pro, you know, on, on the operations. Now, um, if you look at variable pay, <coughs> we've got different structures in the organisation whereby more senior levels is, is based on annual performance, whereby the operations is more based on a quarterly performance. Um, and they've certainly seen the impact. There's no doubt. Um, you know, the second quarter uh, um, uh, variable pay was significantly lower than what we see in Q1. So that goes up and down depending on the performance of the business. And the, the premise there is make variable pay meaningful. However, when it goes, you know, when we go through a tough time, we all share in the pay. When it goes well, we share in the benefit. Okay. Well, I, I guess people are kind of, kind of keen to see the, the pain being shared there. Obviously, you know, share price off from... 80 buck, 80 cents when we spoke back in early, early June down to, you know, 45 now. Um, recent, you know, recent announcement hasn't, hasn't kind of helped that, but I, ultimately people are looking to the future. So can we just look at some of the, the kind of cost components? I suspect obviously with increased production with the, with the elements that you put in place, we'll see the, 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 the cost side come down a little bit. But what are the, what are the big components that will really drive an effect? The price there, because you, you're working in an inflationary environment. You tell me COVID is still alive and well and affecting businesses, not just yours but others. Um, T. Um, so, you know, can you see a way out of this, or is this a just a case of waiting for inflation to fall back down? And I guess people are talking about 2024 to get back down to you know rates that we're more comfortable with. Yeah, look, I certainly in our position, we cannot wait for inflation to help us. And at the end of the day, we need to pull all stops to reduce our costs. So certainly. You know, there's a few buckets that, that we're spending a lot of time on. Um, I mean, you mentioned, mentioned remuneration. If I look at remuneration on the senior levels, um, you know, a little bit more than a year ago versus now, we're seeing a reduction. There's further opportunity for reduction in that. But I think the other big cost buckets that we're looking at, um, apart from increasing production and getting that fixed cost dilution, is a number of things around our efficiencies. Um, what one example is driving productivity on the rate at which we develop. Um, so we spend, we, we're achieving more with less. Um, to give you an example, uh, we made some modifications when we ordered the new Jumbo, um, and that's just been effective. We immediately saw an impact from that coming through. In addition to that, like, like what? Can, can, tell me, tell me about that. I'm interested. What, what does that yeah. mean? So, so it's interesting. Um, the um, the old jumpers that we had had um, ran on 3.9 meter steel, so it's the drill lengths, and um, we've now changed it out with a new one to 4.9 meters. So for the same effort at a higher drill rate, you cover almost a meter more with every cut that you take. So it's a it's a material change, you know, almost with with, with a swing of a one. So um, I think it's also about us getting back to standards and and benchmarks. That should be expected from from these pieces of kit. So, in addition to that, we um, we started looking at at our um, overall cost on a number of um, areas, both in the underground, the open pit, as well as um, in the processing plant, including GNA. We've identified a whole pipeline of opportunities there. That's been fed into um, the system by which we, um, at a very high frequency and cadence, drive that cost out of the business. In fact, we've um, committed with our board to, to achieve specific cost out targets. Um, that work is happening as we speak. And that talks to efficiencies around 
Um, specific things that we saw had material impact um, on our costs, for instance, our um, use of cyanide, et cetera, and it was mostly price-driven. And what we're seeing now is that um, through managing demand, so all the usage rates, and optimizing on it, we can start pulling back on those increases that we have in our costs. So, so that's just one example. There's, there's a number of other examples that, that talks to um, our contractors and the rates at which we bring contractors in. Um, an, another example that we follow is um, we've um, appointed <clears throat> two people that's going to help us with our recruitment. So we've, to a large extent, reduced our external spend on recruitment. You know, that's brought in um, uh, uh, water cash to the business or reduce expenses. Um, another opportunity that we're looking at is revising our capital spend to make sure that we, we spend the capital on the absolute requirements um, and make sure that we move the spend of that capital to times whereby we know we'll be more in a, in a better cash position. So there's, it's, there's a number of levers that we're pulling at this stage to try and reduce costs. Um, Another option is, is working with some of the other operations to reduce flight costs, um, whereby, you know, because we're running the, the open pit and we needed more people, we either had the choice of bringing in a, you know, a full 77 uh, uh, person um, uh, plane into the site. Um, what we've now done is we've, in fact, working with one of the operations close to us um, to join in. And, and put our people on their flights and we just um, bring them over by bus. Um, so, so there's various options that we're looking at. And I can tell you now, we're not leaving a single stone unturned as far as costs are concerned. But it, it kind of sounds like it. It sounds like you're looking at the, you know, the, the sum of the parts, you know, but, but, it, but, and, 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 but at the same time, it also feels like you, so, you know, having, having to ch chip away and find small savings here and there, which is being swallowed up by this kind of vast storm out there. The you know, in terms of the economy, in terms of price of gold, down to seventeen fifty yesterday when I last looked. Um, mm -hmm. U.S. obviously. Um, you know, look, looking at the inflationary impact globally. You know, here in the UK, it was like you know, announced you know, two three weeks ago, 10 percent expectation is it'll hit fifteen sixteen by next year. So. And you know, and, and this and this is also in the context of you know you announced so you know ten and a half million dollar loss in the last quarter. So, do you think these small things that you are in control of are going to be able to counter these this huge storm out there that we're seeing for gold producers globally? Like I say, you're not on your own, but I want to know what you're going to do. So I think one, you're absolutely right. It's it's some of of a number of components you need to focus on. Um, I think the extent to which we can optimize our own operations and think differently in the way that we, we mine and, and mine more efficiently, um, that those are the things which I think will have a material impact and a sustaining impact going forward. And it's not just delaying a spend or, you know, having a, a, a short period of benefit and then it just, you know, the price just um, shoots up again. So I think there's, uh, there's more than just looking at your spend. Um, and, and but also the way that money is being spent and on what it's being spent. And, and we've certainly seen a number of opportunities in the underground operations um, to improve the productivity of some of the pieces of kit um, that we're having. Um, and also to engage with our service providers insofar as um, you know cost and pressures that they feel. Um, and at the end of the day, um, you know, try and push back as hard as we can to keep those costs in line. So um, I think it's a, it's it's going to be a continued fight 
I'm, I'm a firm believer that technology is, is one of the key levers that one over time needs to um, exploit in an operation like this to reduce costs. Um, and that could be, you know, impacting on, on the type of <coughs> or specific approach in, in some of the stopes that we follow that's driving our costs um, or decisions that's being taken. So I think at the end of the day, it's all about getting back to the basics and driving productivity through um, a relentless focus on the basics and keeping at it. And I think that's where the sustainable benefit will come over time as inflation you know, keeps hammering on, on operations like ours because we cannot rely on, on the gold price to save the day. Have your shareholders and anyone else looking at this project got reason to be optimistic about what you're doing there? Um, I think most certainly, as I said in the beginning, um, what has happened in, in, in Q2 basically delayed our growth trajectory. Um, we're still firmly focused on, on achieving that. Um, we have a solid plan uh, to deliver on it, and we are currently deploying it. Um, the growth towards 100,000 ounce band and rate, as I said, has been delayed uh, because of COVID and the weather. Um, but we're not sitting and, and you know, hoping for better days to come by itself. We're actively targeting specific initiatives to not only reduce costs, but also increase, increase our throughput. And I still maintain that, you know, the focus that we put on on the open pit, and we're seeing that great increase, that great um, improving over time. Um, that will certainly help us a long way. Um, the fact that we will now um, re-focus uh, our attention on accelerating um, the development in the underground mine will give us access um, to uh, better quality or better grade um, stopes as we carry on. Um, so all in all, I firmly believe that we have the building blocks um, to deliver this. We are certainly in a better position than we were a few months ago, insofar as the mill throughput, insofar as the open pit operations, and we're pushing really hard on the underground to get that up um, to the rates that we want it, and that will ultimately provide us appropriate grade. Um, so once again, uh, for me personally, I've invested in the business um, out of my own uh, funds and um, have bought um, stock. So has uh, uh, many of the other um, ESCO members um, to that uh, or has, has done similarly. And, uh, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, um, I, would, I would certainly see us um, delivering on what we said we're going to deliver. Um, is it going to be easy? No, it's not going to be easy. Um, every now and again, you do hit a curb. The fact for, or the key for us is to understand what are those levers in our control that we can pull to be able to um, get back on track. And that's exactly what we're doing at this moment. And, and the other thing that I want to say, you know, that the market can go out there and have a look at many other gold producers, and certainly insofar as juniors are concerned, you know, has been re really hard um, on their stock. Um, and, it's, and it's on a back on, you know, of, of a number of disappointing performances. And, and WA is no exception, you know, these, um, we, we did a study, um, quick study on, on our peers here in WA and, and you know, many operators and, and operations are in exactly the same, same boat. I think the key for us is we've, we've, got, a quality, we've got quality infrastructure. We're in a tier one operating um, environment. We have um, a revised reserve and we're busy putting, pulling together a life of mine that's going to see this business 
sustainably and consistently deliver into the future whilst works through you know challenging times like we've just had so i i still remain very positive about the business um it it it, it and, and I, i've said it before it is hard work it's a, it takes a lot of effort um we've <coughs> spent a lot of effort in in pulling together and and strengthening the team to deliver on it and uh, you know i've got a lot of trust in the team that uh, we will achieve it